Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast with Jess Conley and Kanisha Bikes. I am one of your co-hosts, Jess, and I'm so glad you're here. We want to encourage you in your God-given mission. We want to talk about what feels difficult in life. And most of all, we want to help you keep going in what God has asked you to do. We are super thankful you're here and we can't wait for what's ahead in this episode. Well, friends, we are so excited to be with you today. We've all been laughing a little bit. We're in a very calm place. We're in a very, definitely not melancholy. I wouldn't say melancholy, but I would just say our recording session today is at peace. There's a deep sense of abiding. Very zen here today. But we are overjoyed and celebrating the good news that today is also the 100th episode of the Go and Tell Gals podcast. And so we just want to thank you and bless all of you. I know a lot of you guys have been here for all 100 episodes. And so I just say thank you, God, for that. We are so thankful for what God has done through this podcast, what He's going to keep doing through this podcast. We are so thankful for what we've learned about mission and for how this conversation has changed us and changed the way we see God and see other women. And so we're just grateful you guys are here and we're excited to talk. We're excited to chat today. How are my friends doing? Kanisha, Brenna, our incredible podcaster, how are y'all doing? We on this side are doing well. We, we just got a puppy, so not a lot of sleep happening over here, but we're doing well and we're loving him more every day. We do need just a little more puppy talk. Can you tell us more? <laughs> what can you tell us? Yeah, he's a little golden doodle. He's eight weeks, almost nine weeks. And the first night I wanted to throw him in the trash can. And the second night and the third night, which was last night, um, <laughs> they were a little better. So there's that. He's actually, he's kind of coming at a really good time for us. And of course, everybody loves him and I'm just his favorite. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. Brenna, how are you doing? How's your summer been so far? It's been pretty good. I feel like we are barreling towards August. I can't believe summer is almost over. It's been a good summer. It's been equal parts working and restful. So kind of my dream balance of it. I love it. Okay, well, to kick off this 100th episode, we wanted to just talk about the original vision of the podcast, why we started the Go and Tell Girls podcast, what we felt, what we thought about mission then, and how we think it may have shifted since then. Of the three of us, I'm the only one who was there at that time. (laughs) So I'll give you some insight about what I was doing. I was sitting in a closet because that's the only place I knew to record a podcast at the time. Sitting in the closet for that first episode, I do remember mispronouncing a really important word. It was a biblical word. I want to say it was either Greek or Hebrew. And as soon as I mispronounced it, I was like, oh, that's probably not a great way to start a podcast. (laughs) But I just had this sense that women needed encouragement and they needed equipping. And so... We really, Go and Tell Gals was barely a thing. It really wasn't. Like, we didn't do anything else at the time besides the podcast. And many of you have heard this story. Many of you probably heard it on that first episode. But I had just gotten done reading John 20, where the story of Mary Magdalene finding Jesus resurrected from the dead. He calls her name. She realizes it's him. He says, Mary, go and tell the other disciples that I'm up. Essentially, my version of that is go and tell the boys that I'm up. And I thought we we need to be able to do this for women. We need to be able to say like, hey, what is Jesus saying to you? What have you seen of him? What feels true of him? That being said, I think 
one of my biggest hopes back then was helping women see that mission was right where they were at. That there was no one who was disqualified from that, whether you were, you know, a single mom of three little babies, whether you were a barista or a hairstylist or a woman working in a church or a writer or a businesswoman, a teacher, whatever mission is where you're at and that you're on mission and, and that your calling and your gifting, whatever it is, is worthy of equipment and encouragement. God wants to give you those things. And so we wanted to be a part of that. I will say how my personal vision for the podcast has shifted is that I sense just a wild weariness over the women of God right now. And I think that we have some options about kind of like tuning that out or maybe paying attention to it and saying like, what's making you weary if Jesus says to us, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest what does that look like for us and how can we tap into it? And that's beginning to ask some questions about vision. But all that being said, that was the initial vision and that's my initial take right now. I think that the women of God are weary and they're a little bit tired. What about you, Kanisha? Like when I wrote you the wild email, I think, you know, six, seven months ago, I was like, hey, will you be on my podcast with me? Will you do this with me? (laughs) What was your vision? What were you thinking? What made you put your yes on the table? First of all, was that six or seven months ago? How? I don't even know how that was that long ago. I think for me, you know, when you sent the email, I, it was weird because I immediately thought to myself, God, what are you doing? And it felt like, I don't know, maybe a week, a little less than a week just to come back and give a response because we always want to have our due diligence here. But I I honestly immediately knew that it was something I was called to do. And part of that is because, and probably part of the reason you asked me not Aside from the fact that you just love me, but <laughs> but part of the reason I think maybe is because part of my heart and my mission in life is to build up and encourage, call women out of their dark places, out of shame, out of the deep, and call them into light. And I think regardless of where I am in life, whatever it is I'm doing, that's something that I am passionate about to say the least. And so, yeah, I think that obviously that falls right in line with what we're doing here and what we are all, and you, Jess, as the trailblazer, are really passionate about seeing women walk in fullness of who God has called them to be. And I think that resonates so deeply with me on a personal level and then also um, just in mission. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that still gets me, and I've been multiple places this summer, even like just in the month of July, where I've met someone who said, who's said, you know, I listen to the Go and Talk House podcast every day, or I listen to it every time I'm, I'm ready for the next episode. And that always blesses me and encourages me. And I hope y'all know this. We just try to bring you the most honest, realistic, hope-filled voices that we can of women who are who are being truthful about like, this is what's hard for me and this is where God's meeting me in that. But I'll tell you something else that marks me about this podcast and it helps to say it out loud for you all listening that we pray you feel this way. That sometimes I think about this podcast and I think about you guys turning it on your cars or listening to it on walks. And I hope you know how deeply we agree that you are called, period, that you're called. Yeah. And if you don't know, I recognize more and more every day in my life that it is such a wild privilege 
to be surrounded by women who believe in my calling, that believe in my gifting to use what I've got for the good of others and the glory of God. And I know in my knower that a lot of women don't have other women like that, that they don't have friends that they go to coffee with or that they see at a play date or that they or people that they work beside in cubicles that are like, hey, there's something special about you. God is mighty in mm. you. I want you to keep going. I believe in you. And so without us knowing every single one of you listening, I just want you, when you turn on this podcast, to have this deep sense of like, these women believe that I'm called. These women yeah. believe that I'm gifted. These women believe that God is mighty in me because we actually genuinely do. Yeah. That's so good, Jess. I just had this thought that, you know, and I would love to hear how you guys feel about it, but I think that deep within each of us as women, there is this deep need to be seen and to be reminded of who we are. And I just had this picture of Adam and Eve in the garden. And when Eve had accepted this fruit and they realized that they were naked and unclothed. And God said, who told you that? And I think just even in thinking about that one small piece, it's like, since then we've questioned who we are. And I think God is always telling us like, who told you that you didn't have a calling? Who told you that you were quote unquote worthless? Who's telling you that you haven't had value? And so I even more so just as I frame it in that story, I just think, gosh, how well, first of all, what a great opportunity we have and that you have given us just also just honoring you, honestly. Can we also just take this episode to honor you? Like, that makes me emotional that we're so thankful. <laughs> yes, we're going to do that. And I'm going to I'm going to do that right now because it's you're, you're worth that. And your yes has beyond blessed so many people, including myself. And I know that there are so many women out there if we were to, you know, put it out there on social media or wherever, would come back with so many stories. I'm sure you've also heard many of them to say how thankful they are for you. So first, honoring you and your yes, and what a great opportunity we have and that you've given us through your yes to continue to remind women that God is not telling them that they're worthless, that it's the enemy and that we're speaking against that every episode. So thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Brenda, thank you for being here too. I think our podcast has become such a softer place to land. I pray you all feel that way too. I just feel like it's become a softer place to land and we're hearing just the most incredible stories. So man, I love y'all. Okay. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about why we started the podcast. We're going to end by talking about what we think about mission now and where we think we need to keep pushing this conversation and leading this conversation. In the middle, we're going to take a few questions and you always ask the best questions. And so I want to kick off with this and I hope and I pray that we are able to be as vulnerable as we need to be to answer it well. So one of the best questions we got in, in multiple different forms is, how do you run on mission in a season of defeat? When you are walking through some personal defeat how do you keep going? Like, how do you run on mission? And what I'm about to give you is not an answer to that question, but it's, I would do want to peel back uh, the honesty of, of what this has looked like for me in the past. I've had seasons where I'm minutes from stepping on stage at a, you know, thousand person event to teach the Bible and I'll get a text from my husband and we'll be like in deep conflict. And I'll know like, well, got to keep going. 
gotta go, I gotta go on stage and do this and do that and handle that later and be ready for that later. I mean, some things y'all know, I wrote You Are the Girl for the Job in the most defeated season of my life, in the most defeated season of my life, like real time, tried to quit our church right around writing chapter like eight or nine. And so for me, if I'm honest, because I am on mission, because I'm using what I've got for the good of others and the glory of God, and because I'm on mission in a couple of different areas, which I believe most of us are, because I'm a mom, because I do business, because I'm in the local church, because I write books, the reality is there is defeat present almost always. There is some version of defeat present almost always. I do not in my life know what it's like to go into work or go into my job and have a day where I do it all great and awesome and I tick all the boxes and I go home. That's never happened for me. And so the defeat is kind of ever present. And that being said, there are more poignant moments of just extreme defeat. And that is not an answer to that question. It's just an honest some things you may not know. I, I actually, I'll say one more thing about this. I got a DM a few weeks ago that had me thinking for days. It had me thinking for days. And this DM was saying like, hey, listen, I'm going to say it in like a pretty fussy voice, but she might not have had a fussy voice when she wrote it. <laughs> she was like, hey, I know things aren't that tidy over there. I know everything's not as great for you as you make it seem. You should be more honest about that. <laughs> and I was like, should I? <laughs> Should I? Do you need to know? It Will it make you feel better to know when my 13-year-old, you know, is really struggling? Yeah. Will it bless you to know that I, I'm struggling with a UTI right now? Is that the information you right. needed? Right. Is that, or do we need to have some general grace for most people and say, like, actually, like, everybody's up against a wall. Exactly. You know, pretty much at all times in their own way. So... If we can normalize anything, I would say defeat is a pretty present part of running a mission for me because I'm just not perfect. And so I do things wrong and other people do things wrong and some seasons are more poignant than others. But I personally haven't had a day where there was like only outward fruitful victory only. I don't know anything about that kind of life. God bless anyone who has. I would agree with you. I think that for me... Unfortunately, I think because of my personality, sometimes I live from that out of like from that perspective. Like, does that sound weird? Not depressed, and I'm not, I don't walk around, you know, as Debbie Downer, but I think I struggle or I fight a lot. I guess maybe I'll say it that way with this idea that I am defeated and that I'm not good enough, right? And so I think for me, very practically, it comes down to every day. Knowing that about myself again now at 42, I think 20 years ago, maybe I wouldn't have had this wisdom, but every day taking that thought captive by Mm -hmm. bringing it and laying it at the feet of Jesus and saying that with you, right, like I am, you know? Yep. And so I think that, you know, when you're in seasons, which to me, life is that season. Like you said, it's not like, oh, well, for the next six months, I'm really struggling with this. I I think in some form every day, it's a struggle. Because the enemy is against us every single day. Mm. And it's not something that God is sending our way. That message is not from our creator. It's from the accuser. So I think maybe one is recognizing where it's coming from. 
Mm. I think that's always um, kind of helpful for me is recognizing that, hey, is this the voice of my father, the one who created me, or is this the voice of the who wants to see my demise? Mm-hmm. So very basically, I think if it doesn't line up with scripture, right, then mm-hmm. if it doesn't line up with truth, then we know that we have the authority to take and capture that and put it in its place. Yeah. That's so good. Knowing where it's coming from feels so helpful. You're so right. Because if it's spiritual, then we have to fight spiritual. And it's hard to imagine that it's never not a little spiritual. But I think sometimes defeat really does come from logistical burnout or Mm -hmm. logistical situations. And nothing is more helpful to me sometimes than a friend saying, hey, this is heavy or hard right now because this is heavy and hard. It's not going to be heavy and hard in three days. It's heavy and hard for right now. Like, keep going. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let's keep going. And then also, I think knowing where the defeat comes from also enables us to fight it and to speak some truth to it. And sometimes the truth to it is like, I need a minute. I need a break. I'm tapping out for a second. (laughs) And I recognize and bless that like barely anyone that I know can just tap out from all of life and can tap out from all of mission. Like it's not possible to be like, I'm out, I'm not working today. You know, I'm not working for the next month. I'm going to just take care of my soul. Like that's not real. But I do think we can use our mind and the power of the Holy Spirit to find what we can tap out from. Because so often we've put other pressures on ourselves, or we've like put our hands to things that maybe we need to like take them off for a second and just say like, I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to do what I've committed to do. I'm going to do what God's asking me to do. And while I'm walking through this season of defeat, I'm going to let these other things go. You know, I don't know. I think about this even with our team, Brenna, at Go and Tell Gals. One thing I told our team and really just had to ask kind of humbly for our team after such an intense spring and after launching Breaking Free from Body Shame in June, I had to say, like, listen, I'm going to keep working. Sometimes I'm going to work from bed, like right now, where I'm filming this podcast from bed. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep answering emails. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep leading our team. I would like to humbly ask that I not go to any meetings for the month of July. So if we can have an email meeting, awesome. This is one area where there's some fatigue that I could, I can yeah. still keep showing up and doing what I need to do. And whatever your roles are, whatever your jobs are, whatever your mission are, what your mission is, I just invite you to look and say like, okay, if I'm walking through some defeat, what can I do? Maybe let's end this question with some spitfire things that probably are not helpful if you're walking through a season of defeat. Loading on more. Don't take on more than you already have if you're tired or if you feel you're feeling defeated yeah preaching to myself by the way (laughs) make saying no sexy again Mm -hmm. that's my that's my favorite like make saying no sexy again so instead of saying yeah like okay there's this one other thing i could try to do say no for a second don't be silent about your defeat is my big one I get very zipped up and I'm like, if I start to let this out, then I'll never stop talking. If I share this with someone, they might not give me the best advice. Try to find the right people that you can share your defeat with that will speak truth back to you, that will encourage you, but don't stay silent about your defeat. That's good. Hey friends, Brenna here. In case you haven't heard, If Lean is August 7th and guys, you can't miss this. You've probably heard about the IF gathering before, and IF lead is just as incredible. After one of the hardest years of being a leader, it's time to rebuild. 
The reality is this, people have a spiritual hunger that we hold the answer to and never in our lifetime has it been more important to feed hungry people. Whether we're leading our families, our teams, our classrooms, or our Bible studies, there's a lot of work to be done and we are the people God is called to do it. During If Lead 2021, we want to give you practical conversations, teaching, and next steps that will help you remember that you're not alone and equip you to reclaim discipleship in this new day. We know you're tired and we want If Lead to be a chance for you to reset for the fall. Some of our very favorite Bible teachers are going to be there and Jess will even be leading a breakout. Go grab a couple of friends and watch it in your living room. It'll be the perfect refresher you need to be encouraged as you move forward. You can get your digital pass at iflead2021.com. Passes start at just $29. That's iflead2021.com, which we've linked to in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Brenna, any top tips? Yeah, this is kind of me today. I feel a little chaotic and I was like, oh gosh, not the right foot to start on. What has helped me today is to not shame myself about it. So like what you're saying, for sure, talk to people. I just told my friend who's in the office next to me, I was like, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to work out some things and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better. Not in a like, just get over it, Brenna, but like, I'm being a little ridiculous. I feel irritated about things that are just selfish. I need to go work this out. So saying it for sure, but also not shaming Mm -hmm. myself and like, Brenna, just be happy, just be fine, just whatever, just keep going. That is never going to help me. And it, like you said, it zips me up in a second and I am so in my head. I love that. Okay, moving on to question two. I love it when people ask any questions related to this. We should absolutely talk about it as much as we can. How do you run on a mission in a secular space? So just right off the bat, I want to say you need to go listen to Carlos Whitaker's podcast, the interview that Kanish and I did with him. It's such a great conversation about running in a secular space. And number two, I would say like, please know that at Go and Tell Gals, we absolutely believe that being in community, being in on mission or doing work in secular spaces is ministry. Like that is it. It is mission. Absolutely. Just being there is ministry. Being the Mm -hmm. hands and feet and the light and the hope of Jesus is ministry. Gals, what thoughts do you guys have? I, I'm like, Brenna, do you want to go? I thought you were going to say something. I feel like I'm jumping in every, we're all so eager. I think that a hundred percent, I would agree with you on that. What I've been thinking about a lot, I think a lot about mission and the mission of the church. I have been considering how much I have thought that it is my job to ensure that people know that number one, I'm a Christ follower, right? And I would say I don't struggle with that now as much as I did again 20 years ago. And I think that a lot of times we carry this burden that isn't meant for us to carry, as in we can somehow sometimes take on this, excuse the phrase, but a God complex, right? Where we think it is our mission to make sure that people get to Jesus, And that is not what we're called to do. That is not our mission. So one of the things that I would say that would possibly make it easier for a lot of us is to release this idea that we, it is our job to convince and convict. It's something I've been talking about a lot lately as well. It's not my job to convince or convict. It's my job to love. It's my job through the way that I live um, as an epistle to show people Jesus and not to force people into submission because obviously God does not do that. Jesus didn't do that. So I think that's helpful as well. So good. One thing that helps me is practice repentance, even if 
even if the people around me aren't calling it repentance, but asking for forgiveness. I went to a meeting this morning and I was like, I bulldozed in that meeting and I was not the person that I want to be. And what I need to do is go to those people and apologize and say, like, I'm sorry that I was out of line. In some ways, obviously, it's reconciling me to the people that I'm talking to. But in a lot of ways, it's me stepping in humility and saying, God, I'm sorry that I did not honor you, that I did not bless you, that I did not care for you and care for your people in this moment. So repentance is what I'm trying to work on. That's beautiful. So good. I think I've shared this story on on this podcast before, but if I haven't, it's worth sharing. Again, in that one time I had a neighbor that I was just, you know, for months, like praying for, praying that she'd meet Jesus, praying that she'd want to come to church with me, all the things. And, you know, I'm serving her and I'm writing her encouraging cards and we're exercising together. We're doing all these things. And when we actually saw some like wild breakthrough in our relationship and not like, not in me trying to convert her, but just me wanting to love her and wanting her to know the love of Jesus. When we finally saw some breakthrough is when her kids obviously accidentally gave my kids lice and I blew up at her and yelled at her for her kids having lice and which is not her fault and then had to go over to her house and apologize. Mm. And that conversation led to her being like, something's a little bit different with you. You know, like you actually told me sorry when, you know, most people wouldn't have. You actually seem to feel bad. But what's more, you actually seem to be forgiving yourself. What she was essentially saying, like, you receive grace when you're wrong and you say you're sorry, you feel better. And I was like, I do. That is actually the gospel. I get to be wrong. Yeah. And I get to experience God's love and forgiveness and try again. And that was the breakthrough in us talking about God. It was me sinning in front of her. That being said, I have been really, God has been convicting me a lot about First Peter 3.15, that always be prepared to have an answer for the hope that you give. And this is what Holy Spirit has been saying to me. Nobody's asking you about your hope because you're not very hopeful, Jess. Nobody's asking you about your hope because you're not very hopeful. Yes, I'm whispering into my mic because God <laughs> gently has been whispering to me. So I've been feeling convicted about that, and I am, you know, in this whatever we're in, third quarter, fourth quarter, seventh quarter of the pandemic, I don't know. I feel like God's been inviting me into a new season of, like, you need to be able to be hopeful and you need to be able to speak some truth, just real hope, real kingdom hope, because no one's going to ask you about the hope that you have if you're not actually hopeful, if you're not actually filled with hope in Jesus, So that's it. To me, that's it. That's living on mission in a secular space. Do you have hope? Do you have grace for yourself? Do you have grace for other people? Do you believe in the gospel? Do you speak it? Are you a life speaker? Do you sin sometimes in front of people and then ask for forgiveness? Do you forgive people when they sin in front of you? All of this is it. That's it. That's it. Sure, invite them to church if you want to. That feels safe. But other than that, you are doing it. You are. That is it. That's it. So good. It's so good. I love that you led us to repentance, Brenna. Of course you did, Brenna. It's really good. Yeah, let's do one more. This is similar but different. And just because we know we have a lot of moms who listen to the podcast, maybe a lot of future moms or friends of moms 
What does running on mission look like for you? How can you do it well? I don't know even really what that means, but like, how can you do it with little kids in tow? What does that look like? Or what did that look like? Or what could it look like? Shall I? (laughs) Shall I initiate? It's funny because I was being interviewed in a podcast last week and the interviewer, I was talking about the story of Restoration House and kind of how it began. And I mentioned that essentially it started with me um, painting furniture out of necessity because I was pregnant with my daughter and I wanted to have her have cute bedroom furniture and I couldn't afford to buy it at that time. And the, the interviewer said to me, oh, well, it sounds like if it weren't for your daughter, Restoration House wouldn't have begun. And I was like, actually, yes, you're correct. I've never considered that. So where I'm going with that is that I think sometimes as a mom or as mothers for all of us, we we allow, can I speak for myself? Yes, I will speak for myself. I know that I allowed culture to dictate what motherhood should look like. And I think what's so beautiful on the other side, the spiritual side of that is that God gives us an opportunity to see things differently. And for me, I don't know if I've ever felt like, that's not true. I was going to say, I've never felt like my kids got in the way. I definitely have struggled with that from time to time. But as I reflect back on my oldest is now 17, almost 18, I can see God's hand and intertwining the mission of my mothering with my children's purpose and You know, I think maybe this is cliche, but they are so closely tied to my mission and to the refining of me and my purpose. So I think that for me, it's just always or now it comes down to I am beginning to understand, I think, just how closely and deeply connected my children are to my mission. So all that to say If you're a younger mom, I think that it's helpful maybe to have, it would be helpful to to gain a different perspective about just how much your children actually are a part of your mission and how I personally don't think we could do fully, we could fully walk into our calling and walk into our mission without them. I couldn't agree more. I personally, yes, would not be doing what I'm doing if it weren't for my kids, the first thing I did online was start a print shop. And it was the first print I made was a print I made for my daughter when she was struggling with a seizure disorder. So same. I mean, she was my origin story in a lot of different ways. I'm going to share something right now that I have literally never said online. And it may sound very different than how I often talk about all things. I think I'm like, I pray, I try to be a very expansive person, like speak freedom and less limitations on people than the world might speak on them. And so I don't love boundaries. I don't like staying inside them. I don't like having them. That may have something to do with the eight in you, just (laughs) maybe. (laughs) But a sentence that served me in a painful way for many years that my husband shared with me often was a no for now is not a no forever. Mm -hmm. And... I will say that there were many years that God said no or that my family like collectively said no to different things that I felt called to. And it was so incredibly frustrating to hear like, I know for now it's not a no forever, but I'm a few years out 
And I have new no's and I have new boundaries now, right? There's new boundaries of the age that my kids are in. But I'm seeing how quickly those are really going to dissolve and dissipate. And so I don't know if there's just like a young mom or a mom with young kids at home who's like, you don't understand. I've got a two-year-old. I've got a three-year-old. I've got a four-year-old. Like, I can't even get to a coffee shop to talk to a friend. I don't have time to write. I don't X, Y, and Z. I just want to say a no for now is not a no forever. And God has placed you where you're at on purpose. And I do believe in a lot of scenarios, He gives us more capacity than we could have asked for or imagined, and that He gives us pockets of time to do things. And But... I think there's something really wild too when we say Psalm 16, 6, and we say the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. For whatever reason, for this season, this is it for right now. And I'm going to soak it up and wring it out for God's glory. I'm going to look forward to the next season too, you know, but that this one happens to look like this. So practically, I would just say, for example, for me, When my kids were younger, when they were little, my personal take, I could actually work a lot more. Nap times and nighttime, I mean, when they were going to bed at six and they were like playing on the floor with toys, I'd pull out my laptop and just zoom, zoom, you know, like tap it out, write a million emails, make a bunch of prints. I felt like I could work a lot more with them around and I relished and loved time with them you know, with them and I relished and loved time away from them when I could no longer work with them. What has happened now, for me, there was actually an in-between season when they were like six to 10-ish, where it was a little bit easier for me to be gone sometimes, like gone more often than I was when they were little. And they got easier and it got easier for grandparents to watch them. It got easier for my husband to be with kids. And so I kind of zoom zoomed on the planes and was like, all right, I'm going to try to go over here and go over here and do what I need to do and, and go to the office, et cetera. And now my particular season is this like, early teen years where they do not need me to feed them. They do not need Mm -hmm. me to hold them. Mm -hmm. They do not need me to touch them, but they need me to drive them everywhere. Everywhere. And when I am at home, (laughs) they do not want me when sometimes they don't care, but for the most part, like they do not want me on my laptop. They want me face to face, sitting on the bed with their friends, talking, talking about deep things, praying Mm -hmm. about deep things. And There are days where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go to the bedroom and write a few emails, you know, and what they need is so different. And so I'm trying to learn to love the boundaries of this season too. And know, you know what, I mean, my particular story is in like four years, three of them are gone. They're just out of the house. So that's going to be different. And that's going to open up a whole new set of yeses and nos. Weird. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. So I hope that blesses some people to hear Sometimes the season of motherhood does bring some different no's with it. And that's okay. They're not forever. So that takes us to this next part that I think that is going to be really fun to talk about because it involves vision casting. And Jess, I know that obviously on our first episode for this season, you talked a lot or we talked a lot about what the the vision was for as we move forward. But I think for the next hundred episodes, if we were to kind of think a little bit about the direction that we feel God is moving us into after even this season, you know, I think that we should talk a little bit about that and where our Mm -hmm. hearts are moving toward, what our hearts are moving toward in this next 
hundred episodes. Like, see, what do we see for the next hundred episodes? Brenna, Jess. Here's what I'll say about the next hundred episodes. I started by saying I, I do perceive there is a weariness in the women of God. I think that there is a certain tenacity and resiliency that I believe rose up out of a lot of us in 2020 and early 2021. And it was beautiful and it was spirit empowered. And yet we are now very tired. I believe a lot of us are like losing our grip from having held on to the rock of ages so very Mm -hmm. tightly (laughs) and we are tired and our fingers are slipping and we are asking like, what matters? Does this matter? Is my work good? Am I doing enough? Am I too much of a mess? What's happened in my soul in the last year and a half? And so if I could cast a a very wordy metaphorical (laughs) vision for the next hundred episodes, I would like to invite the women of mission. And by that, I mean the women to put their weaknesses on the table and let's ask the God who created the universe to shine the light of the gospel on them and show us his power made perfect. Yeah. I would say like no more hiding about your actual weaknesses. I pray that as we have interviews and as you and I talk and that we can be even more honest and even more vulnerable in safe ways about what is hard and about how God is actually meeting us in that. And I would just pray that a hundred episodes later, when we're doing our 200th episode recap, that we say, we feel his strength and we see that you guys feel his strength and we're seeing the fruit of that. And y'all have heard me say this on the podcast, and so I'll just end with this. I I pray that children are adopted. I pray that women run for office. I pray that businesses are started. I pray that families are financially provided for. I pray that marriages are reconciled. I pray that friendships are nurtured well, that books are written because you felt empowered and equipped on this podcast. And so we are going to be the chief lookers of fruit. We're going to be paying attention to like, what is God growing in you? And we want to tell those stories. And I pray we've got some really specific examples of his power being made perfect in our weaknesses on episode 200. Amen. Amen to that. I think that as I think about Go and Tell Gals and the podcast and the women who are encouraged by it. I just keep saying the word more, just feeling the word more. And so more truth, more abundance, more healing, more hope, more peace. I mean, just exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. I think that when I think about the vision of this podcast and uh, again, the women who are being positioned to hear, I literally get chills. And I am just so encouraged by that and so excited to see the exceedingly abundantly above as magnificent as what you just shared, Jess. I think about that and I think about chicken skin, that I, the chicken skin that I get even as I hear you speak on it. And then I'm like, God, mm-hmm. you're actually going to do even more than that because that's who you are. I just think that for me, it just looks a lot like how much more could you do, God? and believing him for the more. Amen. I think earlier, Jess, you said a soft place to land. That's what comes to mind when I think about going forward. I know for me, and I know for a lot of women, 2020 was hard, obviously. And 
what I am craving right now is like that language you were talking about earlier, like people in your corner that are like, God is mighty in you and that it is gentle and soft and it is no less equipping. It is no less true. It is no less God called, but that it is a soft place to land. So that would be my hope and my prayer for the next hundred episodes, that this would be a safe and soft place. Mm. So good. I love that so much. I think we can all touch and agree. (laughs) Reach out your hand. No, seriously. Put your hand on your screen. (laughs) Well, this has been, honestly, may I say, is this okay to say that it's possibly one of my favorite episodes? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm There have been so many, and I'm sure I'll have another favorite in two weeks, but this is just so good. I think, Jess, you set the tone here for us with this mood it just feels like to this episode <laughs> is the softest place today <laughs> for me this has been the softest place so I think God's already answering that prayer but I pray that yeah. and we pray that for all of you out there who are listening to this that you feel the same thing and as we journey together on mission that you're stepping into your callings that this podcast and your personal mission place of mission will also become that soft place to land So we are so thankful for all of you gals. Hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did. And we will see you on the next one. Amen. Hey friends, thanks for joining us today. We pray this conversation encouraged and equipped you. God is mighty in you. We want to encourage you to keep going. If you have not subscribed to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, make sure you do that. We want to make sure that you hear all our new episodes and absolutely please follow along at Go and Tell Gals on Instagram.